Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show. More coffee is required. (laughs) Streaming live from BBS Radio in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally. So glad you could join us. Today, I am speaking with my guest, who I'll formally introduce in just a moment. Hello, Jessica. And how do I pronounce your last name so I don't get it wrong? It is Koch like Scotch. Koch like Scotch. Love it. And where are you dialing in from today? So I am in Solomon's Island, Maryland, which is about an hour outside of Washington, D.C. Excellent. And I'm projecting from Calgary, Alberta, at the base of the Rocky Mountains. We just wrapped up the Calgary Stampede and had record attendance, uh, only ever beat by one year when we had the centennial celebration for Canada. So great participation. And that's 10 days of partying. So for anyone listening who loves to... uh, Check out new places. Calgary Stampede July is the best place to be. So with that said, I'm excited to be introducing and having this interview today with my colleague, Jessica. We're both part of the uh, EBN and the Empower Business Networking Group is a a great place for especially service-based entrepreneurs and sharing referrals, sharing connections and getting to know each other and also getting marketing training. So we met there and Jessica, by way of an intro, um, she's been in the sales arena for more than 25 years now. She spent about uh, 10 years working with different consulting groups, um, working with national accounts, government accounts, Fortune 500 clients, big groups, hospitals, universities, colleges. And through that time, she was able to expand her skill set and also trained and managed sale teams nationally. So I'm excited today for this conversation because we're going to be talking a lot about everyone's favorite topic, sales. And I say that because that is the lifeblood of our organization. If you're in business and you're an entrepreneur and you don't quite have that sales pipeline piece figured out, the business is not going to thrive. I was at an event last week uh, speaking with the author of this book, Fix This Next. I love that author. I have a small collection of his books. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Michalowicz. So you might have Profit First, you might have Clockwork, but Fix This Next. And on the back, he has his pyramid And it literally, if you're looking at this on video versus listening on the radio, it actually has sales at the bottom of the triangle. So it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's the essential ingredient for all business. Nothing happens without sales. So whether you call it sales or as some of my coaching clients have learned from from me, I just call it serving, period. Because if you're going to get hung up on the word sales, just think about ultimately that final um, opportunity once you've had an initial conversation is to serve. So step into serving right away. So prior to working with Fortune 500 companies, also working in marketing, so interviewing and hiring, training salespeople, and you've been an active user of LinkedIn since 2008. 2008. So we're going to be sharing some tips and some strategies. The main focus of this show is to interview women who've typically risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph and very often that is what's triggered them to be out doing amazing work in the world sometimes locally in their community sometimes globally and I do this work because as a passionate mentor and coach myself I know that when women earn their own 
earnings and their high earnings and they're, they're setting themselves up as entrepreneurs, we then can hire more women and pay them fair wages. So my passion is helping women entrepreneurs who are seeking to flourish to actually do that by visualizing, monetizing, and then optimizing their business. And I'll share a little bit more about that as we go through. So Jessica, do you have a story to share about what triggered this passion for you and why you are so passionate about the topic of sales and business entrepreneurship? Yeah, and it's kind of twofold. So um, I'll do my uh, my standard intro is I'm Jessica Koch, the Italian mother of seven. Uh, <laughs> we have five girls and two boys. I have seven grandchildren as well as seven children. Our youngest child is 12 years old. Um, and our oldest grandchild is I want to say seven, (laughs) you know, give me, cut me some slack. There's a lot of them. They keep multiplying. Uh, I've been speaking nationally for 25 plus years and internationally for four. I've owned my own sales and marketing firm for the last seven years and um, started my podcast about six years ago and started the virtual assistant membership program as an add-on to what we do uh, four years ago. And two things happened in my life as far as big transition for me to step in to um, my place of purpose and passion, right? Like I know for sure I am doing what I was meant to do. And that is a fantastic accomplishment, I think, right there. You know, that feeling of being lost at whatever age you are is not a good feeling for anyone. I am 50 and fabulous. um, So I'm lucky to have been able to uh, be doing this and and growing a company that won't just be there for my family's needs at the moment, um, but um, we are setting it up to be a legacy in, in one way or another for our children and the community at large um, long after I'm gone. And right. so that's, that's a big, a big important piece for me. So one first thing that happened is I was in a marriage that was very unhealthy for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know that I had gifts or skills of communication or sales or that I could shine in this space um, because um, I was um, abused everything from emotional to physical to many other ways. Mm. And that was a seven year hike. Um, so I am now remarried for 25 plus years to my amazing husband. He was married nine years. I was married seven. Both our spouses left us for other people and we have found one another and it has been a glorious um, uh, space of growth and healing for me. Um, I then ventured uh, as I was dating him and as our, our marriage started, I was encouraged and uh, in a healthy, healing, loving relationship to try new things. And that is when I discovered uh, my skills and talent for sales. went working for radio advertising um, sales in my early 20s and then worked with several other companies for many, many years, got wonderful experience. But at one point it was time um, I stayed with one com- one specific firm for a very long time, 15, 17 years, something like this. And uh, again, learned a lot of amazing things. The owners were fantastic humans. Um, but 
it wasn't going where I had thought it was going to go. I thought I was building something that I was going to earn my way into some ownership level and became clear that wasn't going to happen. And with, you know, no hard feelings, I went to try to find my next adventure. And after um, three different other um, educational learning experiences with different companies, uh, and with lots of prayer before I took each step. Um, I did enter what I call my Jonah and the whale period where I was very frustrated with humans and their commitments to promises and contracts and business and feeling, um, as is common, very taken advantage of as a high level skill set, sales and development, professional working for other people's companies and building their pipelines massively in very short amounts of time Mm -hmm. and also trying to stay true to what was my ethics um, when working with the sales team and taking up for them and protecting them from upper management and being that person in the middle and it was getting very complicated so I made a decision that I was never going to sell anything again And that I was never going to own, I had no desire to own a company and I was never going to work for anyone again. And I was just going to stay home and homeschool our youngest daughter. And I sent my husband back out uh, into the world because at the time I was the breadwinner and he, he still had a company held open. He owns his own business all our years as well of marriage. He does, um, he's a licensed contractor and he does renovations and remodeling. So he kept it licensed and insured and up to speed, but he was the, for our newest baby, the 12 year old now. He was the full-time home um, provider. He followed me around to conferences. I went to go speak at an event. The company would send him and the baby along. Uh, he would push them around the conference center in between my talks and presentations. And I would meet up to give the baby what the baby needed. And then off they would go for their adventures. Um, but uh, like I said, I, I was done. And so I marketed him for a bit and I homeschooled her for a while. And then I got a call from the local chamber and seven times they called me and asked me to teach a LinkedIn class because I was, I was known for speaking. I was known for my sales tech. And I was, I mean, it's, this sounds a little bit arrogant, but it's true. Every major employer in the region local to me and had been my client, every government entity, every hospital, every public school system, like all work. And I had many of their annual conferences on the stage speaking to their, you know, to their collaborators across the country in the same business. So I kind of had a reputation and I kindly told him over and over again, look, I don't work for anyone. I'm not a part of the chamber right now. I believe chambers are amazing. Networking is amazing, but I'm not doing that right now. I don't have a business. I don't want a business. I kept saying no, but I teach my kids all the time, all of them, that people matter most. And so finally I said, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to teach and I'm going to leave. Okay. That's it. I don't want to work for anyone. Comes I, nothing, don't, right? I don't want to, I don't want a business. I'm just going to come teach the stuff because that's what you want. And, and then I'm going home and I'm going to play with my daughter and I'm going to hide some more. Cause I literally for almost two years in my home, I have a professional office set up and would not cross the threshold, did not go on social media, was not answering email, was not, I was, I was disappearing. I was done. I was really finished. It was happy inside the whale. I was in the whale by choice, (laughs) did not want to leave. And so I went and I taught and, uh, 
it, it, it was in one of the um, mega churches in our community that had sort of a setup similar to a college auditorium, the big drop down and the stadium seating and things. And um, it was standing room only and the energy and the um, realization that not everyone knows what you know wasn't something I had really ever taken the time to think about because I thought well why am I teaching this everybody knows this stuff what and then, is this by the way just for- oh uh so this must have been seven seven years ago okay so not everybody was yeah with LinkedIn training by that at that time yeah right? but I had been like I said early early 2000s had started yeah. using it and applying it to how I worked with the c-suite of the world and and um larger decision makers Anyway, after that happens, um, needless to say, it was it went very well. And then the chamber called me again to say, hey, we're doing our annual women's conference at the college. We'd like you to be the speaker. And at that point, um, I had turned down a whole bunch of job offers, but I was helping a bunch of people for free. You know, for the last six months, I had been just servicing and helping others figure out what they need, what answering their questions that I didn't cover in the class just as a kindness. And once I got the call to to do the women's conference, my husband said, you know, suck it up, buttercup. You got a business, whether you like it or not. And it's the time for you to charge these people and uh, make it legit and (laughs) set up a business name and get your EIN number and the bank account and and the website and all that jazz. So So what is the business name? It's Jessica L. Koch Consulting. So yeah, we do sales and marketing consulting, social media training, and then we have the virtual assistant membership program. Plus we have the podcast. And uh, what's the podcast called? It's called Profound Professionals. Profound Professionals. Yeah. So I think the two major things I overcame was A, not realizing I had desire and the ability to be a business owner. And, and, and in the very first place, I also overcame um, not believing in myself to begin to try the gift of sales to begin with, right? Because you really have to have some self-confidence and, and um, belief in yourself um, in order to be successful in sales. And, you know, you said service, and I almost say it's a service slash, slash education. Like, um, one of the things that occurs to me every single day, if I don't make the, the follow-up calls and the phone calls I need to close the next sale, is one of, one of two things is going to happen. The person who really needed me to help them through with whatever service I provide, because there's plenty of other people who provide the service I provide. But the person who needed it from my perspective and my point of view and from my care is going to miss out because someone is going to make a sale today. And the question is, is it going to be me? Right. And is it going to be me for my right people, the, the, the audience that um, will do and achieve their best because they're working with me and because I'm working with them. Right. We get the best from each other because there's that that energy and that synergy. And that's why there can be so many people in the same field, because, you know, we all have our right people. But if we fail to ask the closing questions and know how to um, follow up and and close that sale. Um, if we fail to do that, then we fail them and we fail us in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the, um, 
it, it just takes it from, you know, just selling something, right, and closing mm-hmm. something into really being customer oriented. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about, um, you know, the growth into sales. Um, funny story, uh, your audience is going to be listening to this as well as mine, your community, my community. <clears throat> um, my first my first entrepreneurial gig, I was six. Um, the the little old lady down the road who had two chihuahuas stopped going past my house to the park every day. And I'm like, what's happened? I hope she's okay. Knocked on her door and she came with a cast with a broken ankle and mm. plaster on her leg. And I was like, oh, well, what about your dogs? Would you like me to walk your dogs while you're healing? And she's like, oh my gosh, that would be so wonderful, my dear. How much will you charge me? And I said, sixpence. I didn't know if that was a good amount or not, but it felt right to me. I was six, right? Um, Sixpence wasn't a lot of money, but it was my first sale. And when someone says, you know, can I pay you for something? The answer is always yes. And then figure out how to do it, right? Exactly. Um, So, um, you know, later on in life, I mean, I went through a whole bunch of, you know, other things that I wasn't really thinking it was a sales career per se, you know, working in a retail store, um, working on, uh, telesales for a courier company, taking orders for minicabs and courier motorbike couriers to get delivered, and then went on to you know doing sales and pre-sales, booking appointments for vacuum cleaner salesmen. I even did some encyclopedia sales at one point, door to door. So in four countries and working with different different sales concepts, that's what got me from England to Canada, being selected as one of three to come out and hire and train sales reps. And then the role morphed into another people-based role of working with um, a growing startup in IT and doing more of a sort of admin manager type role that led into carving out a niche in human resources. Because it's great to hire all these new people, but someone's got to focus on what do we need to build to actually keep them and retain them and grow them so that they stay with the company. And we have the talent to apply for the projects that we want. So it's basically a combination, you know, your experience has been very much working through the ranks, specifically in a dedicated sales role. Mine has gone from sales to recruiting, which ultimately is sales as well. Um, and then back out again into international consulting and, and now into coaching with uh, some university uh, credits along the way. So interesting how we end up morphing and growing and it is really when you're paying attention and the universe is tapping you on the shoulder whether it's a two by four or a light touch but if someone's asking you repeatedly to come and do something absolutely we honor that and we expand and grow it so um tell me a little bit more about how the va business got started it was another universal frying pan so um the the july before um the July before the world shifted, um, I guess it's about four years now, um, I got 10 times in the same week, the same question from multiple different people. Hmm. And the basic question was, oh my gosh, Jessica, I see you everywhere. How do you do it all? And at that point, I had about a dozen to 15 or at some points, 20 virtual assistants that worked just for me, just for my projects. And I didn't have a VA agency, but I had them all working uniquely. And I, you know, I had, I guess, begun really being good at recruiting. And I I had done that in the sales 
perspective as well. Like hired and managed sales teams. And, you know, this was just my own little team that I was managing and hiring and interviewing. And um, so I would say, well, I don't do all of that. I have this team. And then the question followed of, well, how did you do that? And so I was explaining how I did that. And so I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and so I spent a little time going, okay, I hear the neon sign. I've been smacked in the head with the frying pan. You want me to do something with this, obviously, but what, what is it? And my first reaction was, well, I'll just teach an online course and record some videos and make a workbook and tell people how I do it and move on from there. And in my time um, prepping for that, because I usually take some time before you launch a new program or something and and meditating through that I kept getting no that's not what they want they want you to do it for them and I kept saying back to the universe well I don't know how to run an agency I've never done that before (laughs) so at that point I was booked extensively for speaking engagements and um I just started mentioning well, I'm thinking about launching this virtual assistant membership program. I've never done it before. We're going to learn as we go. You're going to wear a parachute because we're building the plane as we fly. We're going to learn some things together. If you're interested in taking the jump with me and learning with me and testing this uh, idea out, um, come on, let me know. And we did a launch pricing. Well, that was so July. I got the questions. August, I started speaking about it. By September, we had um, almost more clients than I could handle um, and was growing every second and stopped the launch, put it in a full blown program, begin building systems, hired out massively. We now have, I think it's approaching anywhere. I bounce anywhere between 75 and 100 VAs globally that help our clients all over the world with all different things. Everything from brick and mortar organizations that have multiple locations to um, entrepreneurs who are the authors, coaches, speakers, online course developer kind of people um, we're supporting with that. But it it came from, uh, you know, I have a lot of children, so bear with me. I've seen a lot of kids' movies. And one of my favorites um, is Robots. Um, Robin Williams, uh, also who touches my heart and, you know, I'm sad he's gone, Hmm. uh, in that movie. And one of the famous uh, lines they say in it is, see a need, fill a need, you know? And I think that that is so important for us as entrepreneurs. We always have this great and inspiring idea of this big new program and thing we're going to do, but really we need to be listening to what it is that our community, our world needs, and then find a way to either be the solution or connect them to the solution um, because there can be revenue in both of those scenarios. And there should be, I'm, you know, I've so, um, Uh, I'm so over uh, people being so apologetic of, uh, oh, no, no, I just want to connect you just because it's the right thing to do. And that's lovely and beautiful. Great. But um, it is also perfectly wonderful to generate that energy, which is the dollar in all its forms and push it out into the world and have it pushed back to you as you make amazing connections that solve problems and build solutions yeah. um, for one another. There is nothing wrong with getting paid. Money is good. Resources are positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I, I 
you're talking, it, it reminds me of a conversation I had when I was writing my um, best afterwards, you know, best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, mm. the, that one, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. And I was talking with Marcy Shymoff about her uh, Happy for No Reason book and the word receiving, which I was writing about in my book. Um, and even you know, if we're out of the habit of even receiving a simple compliment, someone says, hey, I love your dress. And you say, oh, what this old thing? And you, you know, do you downplay it <clears throat> and don't receive the compliment? Then you're energetically setting up and saying, I don't want to receive stuff to the universe, which could then be that next big contract that you would have loved to have received. Thank you very much. So even those small things to be um, honoring the fact that someone wants to give you a gift, let them give you a gift. And now they have easy ways to track affiliate programs. And if you have, you know, 75 to 100 VAs, I mean, there's a lot of activity going on in your business. Mm. Why would you not track it through an affiliate program? Because, it's, you know, yeah. otherwise you have sticky notes all over the place. It's going to be insane, right? Um, but to be rewarding people, I mean, yeah. in human resources, you know, I interviewed and hired about mm, 6,000 people in my career. You know, when you're putting comp plans together, you always reward and incent the behavior you want people to be continuing to do. So mm-hmm. if it's a choice of referring them to you and having a small recognition coming back or referring them and getting nothing other than the, the satisfaction piece, which you'll get referring to you anyway, why not? Right. Why not? So love that perspective. Um, I love the fact that you're bringing in um, so much of the reflection that I think is lacking today. People are, um, you know, with COVID, the world got so busy that, you know, marketing it used to be you, you know, you tell people seven times about something. Now it's like 13 plus, 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 because it's so noisy out there. So instead of being in the pool trying to compete and push out stuff to everybody then to be reversing that and monitoring the natural flow and the natural two by four uh frying pan whatever you want to call it and and accepting what's coming your way and then refining it um it's a great strategy that i think a lot of people have opted to use over the past couple of years you know after you were doing it too where, yeah, I think I'm going to build it. Help me build it. They, people love to help build new programs because then they, they don't have to say, oh, well, yes or no at the end when you actually have got to offer it because they've helped build it. So they're much more likely to say yes anyway. And then you can offer special pricing. You can test out all kinds of different options. It doesn't have to be perfect first time because it's a special price. So there's a lot of benefits to rolling out programs in that fashion as you found out, right? Well, and sometimes you do just have to be brave, you know, and also very honest and transparent when you're doing that. Like everybody who I onboarded as a new client in that process understood what their responsibility was, what mine was, what we were trying to do, what we did know really well, but what we were still learning. And I was just very transparent about all of that so that they could make a business, an intelligent business decision that was best for them, right? Right. So um, I think as long as you go that route, you can't really go wrong. You know, you just have to get brave sometimes. I have, um, we're building an ebook on my um, talk, 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 talk topic. Say that fast uh, 10 times real quick. Um, 
it's a tongue twister. Uh, and I have, uh, we were starting to build that um, for some of the past organizations I've spoke to for so long. They're like, okay, what else can you do? What else can you do? And so we're building that out of, a, again, a need. But um, it made me realize I, I ended up with over 100 top top talk topics because <laughs> uh, people would say, oh, well, we need a workshop or a class on xyz and and they would say can you do that and i said well how long do i have and if it were in line with or touching on the fringes of what i knew already in the mm-hmm. corporate business and one great example is for excellence um, leadership team uh they had me come in and do the art of negotiation well i studied and researched um, two months prior some of the greatest books written and some of the greatest negotiators and then built my, from everything I knew <laughs> and, uh, and, and from everything I had built and come across, learned and researched as, you know, newest techniques with traditional tried and true skills and kind of pull it all together. Then I had a brand new talk, right? You know, and I thrive on that because my personality is um, just always hungry for learning, you know, up-leveling myself and learning something new and more. And so if you have the bandwidth and the time and the space to do that, I say, you know, say yes to those talks that you may not have perfected yet or done before. If they're close enough to something you know, and you can just expand that little bit more uh, and do a good job, of course, for the organization. But those are fun. I think I think it's a it's always a balance for an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. we want to repurpose as much as possible. Mm-hmm. If we put the energy into doing the research, creating, etc., to uh, leverage it, um, whether it actually fits in one signature talk and then you tweak pieces of it, um, I think action-oriented people tend to get a bit bored with that. Mm-hmm. However. Um, there's always ways to craft the title so that it is tailored to what the audience needs and to bring in, you know, several things. When you do a deep dive on the topic Mm -hmm. and you're not going broad to trying to touch everybody and then nothing lands with anybody, but you're Mm -hmm. going deep, deep, deep so that everybody says, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way before. Oh, I'd never heard that technique before. Um, And then obviously you retain that excellence and that, um, expertise in the marketplace as being a speaker for this for this topic um certainly over the last little while working with the um science art and science of influence and some of the tools i'm using now too it really is about um having the depth to speak about sales in a different way and i you know tend to look at things like appreciative inquiry and bring in concepts that are not about pushing things out they're about inviting and engaging um so it is literally an invitation and it's not um you know old language that is about you know prospecting and nailing people to the wall it is an invitation to serve um so i love the energy that you're bringing to this conversation If you were thinking about specifically the women's entrepreneur audience, which is a lot of the people that listen to this show, what would you say have been your top three ways to stay resilient despite a changing marketplace? Obviously, you're doing a lot of reflection and listening, not just creating in a silo. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think also uh, looking, collecting data. So data is a very important piece of being a, a really successful business owner. Mm-hmm. And so just because you're doing something that you're extremely passionate about and your community needs, um, if you don't keep really good numbers on what does it cost to bring in a new customer for that program and what does it cost for you to run your business and, and to run specifically that program and do you have yourself priced correctly so that this is still a profitable um, exercise, right? Because by the time you pay out all the things you need to pay as a business owner, at the so end of the first, day, so first, <laughs> yeah, you need to make sure that. And so, one of the things I would say is look really carefully at how you price your programs. I always include multiple things. So I think about, you know, what's the overhead of my company overall and what's the small percentage for that? And what do I want my affiliates to get? And what do I want to make separate from the company as a profit on this? And, you know, what uh, do I want to give a, a piece? Is there, should there be a piece for charity as well as the affiliate program? And, um, you know, just, and taxes, right? And the merchant services. You're making sure you're thinking about, all of these things. Uh, and, you know, if you have to have team and staff to support it. And I say, and I'm, well, I'm 50 and fabulous. And where I am in life is I don't build anything anymore that I can't train someone else to run and manage the program for me. Even if it's a hybrid where there's a live piece, um, I have, uh, we just hired a full-time marketing executive. We have sales managers now. We, two years ago, we got a CFO and finance director that helps us run the money piece of it. And in the next two years, we'll be hiring um, a chief operating officer. So everything I'm creating and building now can have a sprinkle of me, as much of me as I want or choose to give, but can function completely without me, which means it has all of its, you know, systems in line, and there's a checklist for it, and there's video training for it, and to to be me, because even of my 100 talks, I can teach this new great marketing executive I have to do my talks for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want people to begin thinking about their business as if they will either A, sell it one day or B, pass it on to their family, even to be run by someone else, but continue to be a cash machine for their family and their community, even if they themselves, which they might believe is the, I am the secret sauce. No one can replace me. That is untrue. If you build things correctly, you have a a way to do things. You have a system, but Dale Carnegie is not around and his company thrives still. And they are still training people on his techniques and strategies, right? And so I want um, the women business owners of the world who've stepped into this space of being a CEO and founder of their own company to begin thinking about their company as a much bigger orchard that is far vast than themselves and will outlive them, let's hope, because that should be, in my opinion, the goal. Yeah, I actually have a um, a free gift on my website right now. So if you go to um, YvonneSilva.com, there's a little pop-up, which is a 10-point assessment to see if you're ready to move up from being a solopreneur to a CEO. Because I also believe that, you know, if we're if we're buying a 
wanting, wanting to buy ourselves a job, right? The class, the cash flow quadrant, Robert Kiyosaki, um, that is the very often the mindset of the solopreneur. And so what I bring to that conversation is, you know, having interviewed and hired 6,000 people. Yeah, I have a 12-step power hire process to help them to figure out how do I bring in the talent and then how do I hand it off so that they are not just oriented, but they're actually engaged and they're speaking in your voice with your values and the continuity allows you to have more beach time. Because mm. there's a point in having a business that is solely relying on you and then you can't take any time off. You just can. Um, yeah. Unless you're running only a, you know, an app or, I mean, even then you still need someone to be available mm-hmm. for support, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so love the long-term thinking piece. And I, I know that a lot of times women will start a business because it's something that they're passionate about and they love to do and they are the technician and then they get stuck staying in the business because they haven't thought about the systems the staffing, the other ways to optimize their business. And I'm, I'm going through another rebirth of that, you know, whole system upgrade piece myself right now. And yeah, it'll take a little bit of work, but boy, it's going to make such a big difference on the back end. So really big difference. And that's what I hear so often. And it just blows my mind of people with the mindset of, oh, it's just so much work to teach a VA how to do this. I'll just faster, I'll just do it myself. But then you're trapped in doing it yourself forever. You know, and I love the um, fix this next concept. Um, I think he has another one. It's called pumpkin patch too, and the uh, clockwork and some others. But the Mm -hmm. other book that goes with fix this next, like peanut butter and jelly is written by a different author. I need to introduce these authors to one another because it's called systemology Mm -hmm. and fix this next and systemology, uh, two different authors. They probably don't know each other, but their books work together in a way that um, is surprising. And so if you are in the process of revamping systems, I would highly recommend Systemology to you. Um, Fantastic resource. Great book. Great. Well, thanks. I always like these tips. And Mm -hmm. yes, I will be reaching out to Mike this week. So um, in his world, yeah, sales first, and then profit, which is the creation of stability, rapidly followed by order. So that's the systems piece, the creation of efficiency. Um, but none of that happens without having none of that happens without having sales because you can't be buying your way out of a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So the um, the resilience piece. Any tips on what keeps you resilient? I think it's a lot of what we talked about. I keep. Um up leveling my knowledge. I got certified in six intelligences. I'm constantly training or self-educating myself on a new topic of interest because my community asks me about it, or I hear that they need it. And so I begin to research or find other experts or, you know, do dig deeper. And I feel like that keeps me, um, it keeps me excited about what I'm doing and it keeps me moving forward. And I really think seeing the success of beginning to duplicate yourself is so exciting and rewarding. Like I am sending now a small little army of about five different individuals and we're about to triple that because we're perfecting the systems with the small pod of five right now, but I'm sending them out on um, virtual networking events on my behalf. Mm -hmm. 
and um, they're showing up as, you know, the marketing executive for Jessica Koch Consulting, and they then they begin and they have a consistent, um, you know, pitch that they say about me, and we're focused on a couple of key things, and we do a lot of introductions um, in our formula versus um, chasing someone for a sale. We make a, a great introduction to them for someone uh, that's key for them, and then that takes us to beginning uh, a process of both reciprocity and relationship and, you know, really becoming invested in what uh, our potential leads or prospects desire, which then turns to us for sales. But, you know, I have had so much excitement in seeing um, how quickly, easily, and um, and fun it has been to watch my team go out on my behalf and how well they've done and um, and seeing the results come back so much faster than I really um, believed could be done. And so again, track, 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 and track, because I track how much time do they spend in prep for the for the meetings, during the meetings, what's the process following up and after for the meetings. So how many hours is that and how many sales is that equaling and how many, you know, how much dollars are we putting into that as a company, you know, and investing into the team and training them and all of this and then what's yielding back out because if that math doesn't work then it's time to shift again and that's part of being resilient and you can't know the answers to any of those things if you are not tracking your data data is so so important find a way to track everything you do including your own time most people never incorporate that into their formula they're putting so many of their own hours in and they're not tracking what is the the cash result out because if you're only making a buck an hour you're in bad shape you know <laughs> no matter where you live in the world you know if you're calculating all the hours you have and the result you're getting out from that you really need to know what is that number yep. so and that's the other reason we got to love profit first, right? So, yeah, lost opportunity, opportunity cost is a big one. Yeah. The um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, um, you were doing the LinkedIn training, and you said you know that was going back seven years ago. So, what do you think has changed um, when you think about how people are using LinkedIn today? And if you could offer one tip about using it even more effectively, what would that be? Yeah. So a couple of big things have changed. One, it used to be just about everyone, including the CFO and CEO of these major corporations, was actually them on LinkedIn, which was a rarity because in an email and anywhere else you were touching them, phone call or whatever, you were getting their um, front person, right? Somebody else was checking their email. Somebody else was you know, picking up their phone and um I would find it funny because between nine and midnight, I would actually get real live human responses from genuine CEOs and CFOs of major corporations from LinkedIn during that time frame because they were sitting next to their loved one on their phone on the couch, you know, while David Letterman was on or whatever, you know, late night show was on and answering LinkedIn messages from their phone thing, right? And now it is a smaller percentage. I'd say about 
somewhere, and this is my guess, okay, so there's no stats to prove this, but my guess is now it's about somewhere between 60 and 70% are answering their own real messages in LinkedIn, and that other percentage is being handled by a virtual assistant or an assistant or an admin or somebody else in the company when you're dealing with a much higher level decision maker. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And the other thing that is a missed opportunity on LinkedIn and a mindset shift is people are reaching out to you that are other business owners or other business people, professionals. And I'm not talking about um, every single person because some of it internationally or globally, it's truly just, you know, um, from certain countries, it's just a sales line, right? Mm -hmm. But there are those professionals who maybe are in um, law or, or insurance or something who are in your country who are, or even other business owners, even people who have designed and they're genuine, you know, CEOs of software or whatever. And they hit your inbox inside LinkedIn and you go, oh God, all these people do is make a sales pitch. They verbally vomit it all over me. They don't ask me anything. They just want to sell me something. Great. However, if you're looking to fill your, your call, your calendar, and, and this is a potential person who you could also either serve or become a referral partner with, why not offer them a space on your calendar for a collaboration call? Make it clear to them that I'll learn a little bit about you. If, you, if you're interested in learning a little about, about me too and see how we can possibly work together, then that's a call that's okay to have. So instead of just um, deleting everyone and blocking everyone and just becoming so annoyed that everything in your inbox is uh, sales, turn. do you know how many of those I have turned around and they have become my customer or my best referral partner? Yeah. Because I had this different kind of a mindset, right? Even people directly in my own um, industry and line of work, um, I have reached out to because they hit they hit my thing with a spam message trying to sell me something. And I'd say, you know, I'm also in this same space. I'm very open and minded and abundant mindset. Maybe we can work together or collaborate. Maybe I have people I can send your way because they're not my best fit and vice versa. Or speaking opportunities have come out of that where they were booked for a speaking gig and um, couldn't make it, but knew me. And because we yeah. had respectful conversation, I landed another speaking gig. So you just have to think differently about how people are contacting you in LinkedIn and don't look at it uh, every single one as a spam. Yeah. Think about, is this an opportunity? Because they're reaching out to you. What's the likeliness they're going to say no, right? Yeah. I am. Um... I have a process for uh, quite a few of those um, that has, you know, sort of switched it around. Mm-hmm. Some I've invited a uh, conversation with, some we've had great collaboration calls. And the new system that I'm implementing right now was one of those reach outs. I was like, hmm, hey, this actually sounds like exactly what I need right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it has been a very collaborative conversation uh, working directly with the CEO, um, having elevated that call. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love this, this abundant mindset. That's what I also foster, mm-hmm. um, how I look at life through that lens. I mean, you're a speaker. I'm a speaker. You're a coach. I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. I have a sales event coming up on the 25th. So if you're listening and you want to register or find out more about it, if you go to my website, yvonsilva.com slash for the events page, um, it's coming up. It's about achieving 300% more sales using 
cool artificial intelligence tools. And I'm not talking about chat GPT. So if you want to, you know, shift your results, add another, you know, two or 300%, that would be an event to join in. It's next Tuesday on the 25th, coming up at 10 o'clock in the morning mountain time. So go register for that, yvonnesilver.com slash events. So you have a gift to share as well. Love giving away gifts for the audience in our last couple of minutes. What did you bring, Jessica? So we do have um, a training video. It's called The Art of Prospecting. I know that's an old school traditional term. (laughs) However, I love marrying the tried and true traditional with modern technology and automation and and real relationships and personality. And I think it's finding a nice balance between the two um, that really makes people successful because people who don't have the foundation of that you know, old school, if you would, or the the traditional sales tactics, techniques, skills, you know, different ways to close, different um, understanding of different personality types and all of these deep-rooted things that are high-level skills um, that were taught very well and drilled into us back in the day have a little bit been poo-pooed to say, oh, no, we don't do that. It's all this, you know, uh, it's all social media and artificial intelligence and relationships and all this other stuff and then forget all that other stuff. And that isn't true. People. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> it's a nice weave of the deck, though, because um, you do still need some of those foundational skills to have high level success. If you want to be the top in your field, um, you do need both. And so bringing them together is magical. And that's a piece of what you get in the uh, training video I give in the art of prospecting. So. so I would encourage you reach out and connect with Jessica on LinkedIn. So uh, her name is showing up on the screen there. If you're listening on the, the radio, Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, and then last name, Coach, C-O-C-H. K-O-C-H. K-O-C-H. Look her up on LinkedIn. You can either reach out there or I will put the link uh, where to get this Art of Prospecting video um, in the show notes as well. And you can also pick up, as I said, an opportunity to pick up a copy of a sales tool that I use, um, which is all about personality science and influence. When you register for that event, how to achieve the 300% more sales at yvonnesilver.com slash events. So Jessica, I wanted to thank you for joining me today, sharing your insights, sharing your wisdom, love seeing that growth, always love seeing women-owned businesses, making money and being successful because then they can hire more women and pay them fair wages. And the whole piece about equality is really coming to fruition. So thank you for your time today. And I look forward to staying in touch and sharing this interview and seeing what comes of those sales videos. I'm going to watch them myself as well. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye for now, everybody. And tune in next time for the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. Bye for now. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and already changed history. On October 5th, 
The New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word 
can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.